G'day everyone, this is Tractor and welcome to the Joel Ball Podcast. Yet again, I've got one of those crazy things, a guest. Hello guest. Hello, how are you? What's your name, guest? Damien. Damien, otherwise known as the Mad Dog. It's me. Yeah, so uh, what are you doing here? Uh, just in for a chat? Just in for a chat, yeah. yeah. Well, here you've got a bit of a business thing going on. New a venture. A little bit of a business. A little bit of a business. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. So, we fixed all the aircon noise, hopefully, from pre-recording. We're having fun getting blown on and whispering in the background. So you're the guy behind what? Uh, that would be Milsim Supply Australia. So it's a pretty niche name, Milsim Supply Australia. <laughs> it's a pretty niche market. It's niche within a niche within a niche, like Milsim within Gelwall within Australia. Like, Yep. What, <laughs> so so it's, a, it's a pretty fine niche. So what made you choose that niche? What is it about Milsim that attracts you? Um, anyone that, that knows me knows that I'm a gear whore. A gear whore. Plain and yeah. simple. Yeah. Um, An honorary member of Seared, maybe? <laughs> uh, I, that hasn't been open for discussion, so <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that as it is. Yep. Um, I'm... You like quality gear. I like quality gear, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I abhor... The shitty gear. Yeah. Um, no. I know you've got sp- some pretty strong opinions on wish crap. Uh, wish crap, alley crap, any, any kind of crap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand particularly for you know, um, uh, new players and that it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that purpose should be fairly short-lived, I think. So it's a stepping stone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and... Obviously, I need to give you some context. You've got a military background. So um, us guys with a military background have certain expectations of our gear that a civvy would never have. Yeah, very, very true. Um, I think particularly with anyone with some um, military background or (laughs) probably even some scouts or girl guides background would probably Mm. appreciate the difference between uh, cheap and good gear. Yeah. And it's true of any... um, any foray or any hobby that if you buy the cheap stuff it's never going to do what the good stuff will do but there has to be a price point that you get to where you're paying exorbitant amounts for gear that's not that much better um like everything i suppose um i guess particularly in a a retailer environment um you're pay what you're comfortable with as long as you know that you're getting quality yeah um, and someone's perception of quality can vary far and wide. So. Yeah, it, well, especially in Jobble. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Did did that just come through? Yes. Oh, my God. I've tried to mute everything, <laughs> and nothing's muting. I'll turn that off and see if that works. Me too. Sorry for that, listeners. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know Saul from Cadet Shop? Yes. You've, you've met Saul yes. and we've had him on the podcast. So um, did you listen to that one? I think so. You think so? You've had a few now. It's I getting hard to keep track. Come on, it's only like 20, <laughs> yeah. not 200. Oh, look, you know me, I have trouble remembering people's names. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, so Saul's got some ideas about gear that are, I think are very similar to yours. They're like, it, It's not cry or die, but buy the best thing you can afford. Don't buy the the gucciest kit but by the spend the amount of money that you need to spend to get the gear that will last pay once cry once very very much so um and i guess from that perspective um uh, that's probably why i have such a bugbear with a lot of the um the the chinese stuff yeah is it's it's not made to any kind of standard as a general rule it's it's made there to sell on wish and places like that it's not it's made to say, oh, that's a cool in the photo. I want that, and mm. I will buy that for very little money. Thank mm. you very much. I want that vest that's got all those pockets that then fall apart. And don't fit M4 Max. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's a thing. Oh, my God. Yes. 
Oh my god. Um, and you've got a fairly new relationship with Grey Shop. Um, yes, like we have a mutual understanding, um, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think is working out pretty well for everyone at the moment. Um, yeah. With, I guess you know the the new world of COVID and all the rest of it, and the the, um, the general exceedingly long wait times for uh, freight and everything at the moment. Mm. Um, we've worked out a fairly good arrangement that allows me to resell their stuff at not overly exorbitant price increases. Yep. And it also allows people that want to get into Russian gear somewhere to come and touch and feel and yes. try. Yes, and I, that's like that's the, the biggest drawback with online ordering of anything. Mm. You, you can look at it and you can read all the specs and the dimensions and everything else, but... Doesn't mean it'll actually, fit well. Yeah, getting the sizing right and getting to feel the quality of the fabric and working mm. out the intricacies. Yeah, working it out. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, working all that stuff out is being able to do that in an environment where you can actually get your hands on is a big difference. So. I certainly noticed the first time I walked into your shop um, that the camouflage colours were way better <laughs> than I saw in the photos. It, I went, oh, that's really good, or that's re- I can see that being used in X environment. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, that's again, a, a problem with um, online shopping in general. You, know, the, you don't know how much the photos have been edited or changed in tone or anything like that, so the colours that you're looking at on the screen may be very, very different to what you actually get when the parcel arrives. Mm. So have the Russian mafia of the world embraced you or <laughs> is it is it normal people that are going oh i don't care that that's russian that i'd like that um it seems to be a mix like i've got um you know the 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 russian fanboys that um that are uh, i guess more than happy to you know come and have a look and and, and get that hands-on thing of, of whatever that thing it is that they've been wanting and haven't put the you know the buy button on because they Bit unsure about it, mm-hmm. and Russian sizing is again something something else. <laughs> so ha- how's Russian different. sizing work? Is it? Um, it's so it works. The Russian sizes work in, I guess the best way I could describe it is a Russian way. So you've got small, medium, large, extra large, and you've got uh, centimeters and inches, and with what we generally refer to as like the international sizing. Or Russian sizing is their own sizing thing. So they don't run in anything like that. They they run in number sequences depending on the say the size of the waist mm-hmm. and the length. So say whereas we might be a, a um, so but not be a ninety one twenty or yeah. So uh, to equate it to a large, for example, which is about hundred to one hundred nine centimeter waist in Russian metrics is fifty two to fifty four. 52 to 54 watt, I don't know. but That's, that's not inches. Is. It's not inches. <laughs> it's not centimetres. It's, Rubles. It's their own thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, it takes a little bit to get your head around if you're, if you're not familiar with Maybe it. it's 54 Putin thumbs. Uh, probably thumbs not related to Putin, <laughs> I suspect. Probably broken thumbs. Broken thumbs. Gulag thumbs. Um, what about real Russians? You had many real Russians rock into the shop? Um, I actually had one on a lot of this just this past weekend. Um, yeah. a, a gentleman, I happened to be standing out near the, the canteen at, uh, at the field here and um, he started speaking fluent Russian to me. I was in Russian gear and he just must have assumed I could speak the language. He was <laughs> so, somewhat disappointed. <laughs> was he? I said, I said, I know what I look like. I said, but I didn't understand a word you said. <laughs> I do apologize. Not even one or two words. Um, but we had a good conversation for about a half hour thereafter and he came into the shop and he had, had some interesting feedback on, um, on some of the patches and things yeah? uh, that we had there. Um, I had a new patch in there, which is just a, it's a, it's a, a Russian soldier standing with a cat behind him and it says across the top, polite people. Now, some of those people in the know will understand that. Um, uh, in the 2014 annexation of some of the Crimea area from um, that took place, uh, there was a, a very well-known photo of a Russian soldier handing a cat to a child uh, and it became known as the polite people uh, picture. And uh, the, the patch in question is just a, um, uh, 
uh, a satirical take on that, the best way <laughs> I could describe it. So. it it's the koala with yeah. the water bottle of Russia. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he he had some interesting feedback and stuff on on that, and um, but yeah, he was he was quite good because his whole family was uh, all spoke fluent Russian, and it was his son's first game at Milton East in the village. He'd never played anywhere before, so um, I think it was a really good introduction. Yep. For them, yeah. you think he'll be back? Uh, they said they were coming back next weekend, so we'll see oh, if well. that holds on. Let's um, practice our Russian. Dobre ultra. Oh. Yes, I need to get a, uh, <laughs> a very thick. Russian for dummies book. We, we were talking earlier uh, <laughs> offline about getting a babblefish device for <laughs> you. Yes, yes, that would also be a benefit. Mm, probably not COVID friendly, but what is nowadays? Yeah, true. Mm. So how's COVID affected uh, business and your life? Um, in various facets. Mm. Um, I guess my life, um, I have, um, some people know I... Um, this is, uh, I guess, a hobby business for me with um, Milton Supply. Uh, I work full time as a, a, a retail store manager in a, in a uh, unrelated field. Yep. <laughs> um, I've been in retail for thirty plus years, so I mean, uh, COVID has changed things to some degree, but also to some degree, very much not. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot more online shopping and everything happening just because you know, people don't want to. Mm-hmm. go and do the face-to-face thing as much as they used to. Uh, whether that continues will be probably dependent on yeah how things unfold in the next probably 12 months or so, I'd say. Mm. It'll be um, interesting. But I guess the, the biggest impact from a retail point of view um, is the supply chain problems more so than anything else. Uh, that's right across the board. It doesn't really matter what you're selling unless a product happens to be made here in Australia. And let's face it, 95% of those products mm. aren't these days. So um, that, yeah, definitely has a, a time crunch factor. Mm. You're looking forward to the Christmas rush? <laughs> <laughs> that was ask, loaded. Ask a retailer if they ever look forward to a Christmas rush. You'll get a mixed bag of feelings. Yes for the money, no for the Everything Christmas else. rush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Are you new to Milsim? Have you been around Milsim for a while? What, um, where'd that all come from? My Milsim experience has probably been more limited. I've been in cosplay for a, a long time. Ooh, cosplay. Yeah, cosplay. So you wear dresses? No, not those kinds of things, <laughs> no. uh, The best uh, would be um, military cosplays. Military oh, cosplay. Yeah. And that's been yeah. a thing for quite... I've turned everything off and, it, oh, look, it's still connecting. I turned the Wi-Fi off and Wi-Fi has reconnected itself, of course. Sorry. That's all right. So, military cosplay. Because um, that's yeah. been a thing for quite a while. I mean, if you really want to look go back, it would have started in the, in the back paddock behind my house as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, playing war, and we built bunkers and, you know, all those kind of things before video games were... Uh, such a distraction when we used to play outside yeah with a stick know, sun and dirt and all the good stuff mm-hmm. um but i suppose that kind of continued on i've, I've always had an interest in it I, i've cosplayed uh various military stuff since oh, geez, uh, 15 20 years probably mm-hmm. um in various forms um i've done some work for uh ubisoft and, and some of their titles um anything ago. anything people know um, I did well, the most recent one, which was a couple of years ago now, was um, packs for uh, Ghost Recon. Um, I don't remember the title now, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a pack stall uh, thing. Yep. We were dressed up and that with a couple of the other guys from um, our um, our Aegis Milsim cosplay group yep. at the time. Does that still kick around? The guys are still there. Yep. We all have. Various other distractions in life yeah. these days, so it's more of a social group than anything else. <laughs> oh, what better? Um, so from that, you fell into gel ball because gel ball blasters look like the guns you're using at cosplay, or yeah, I mean, uh, you know the story is better than anybody. Um, when, yeah, but my when, listeners don't know the story. No, when uh, when another. Um, prominent, long-serving retailer began his foray into the toy gun world. Uh, I 
made my first toy gun purchase uh, from that that individual um, probably nine or plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was one of the uh, Rexon M16 DMRs. Oh, so I've still got some of them, you not, know. Not surprisingly, it arrived <laughs> broken, <laughs> yeah. as most of them did. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, they broke in half right at the the yeah. end of the handguard in the front of the receiver. It was the weakest point on the toy gun. Um, and that's kind of what started it. And um, I guess probably 12 months after that, yeah, 12 months, uh, I founded uh, High Caliber Cosplay. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was in South Australia at the time. Um, I'd, I'd only been out of the Army maybe 18 months or so. Um, I was working for Optus at the time. <laughs> um, and thought, well, you know, he's kind of got the east coast of things sewn up so uh, I could easily um, uh, do something for the, the South Australian residents that were, mm-hmm. it was harder to get through, you know, stuff through the mail in one piece and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so we started that up, um, did our first uh, um, uh, convention down in Adelaide, of that year, so that was 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just all toy guns with no blasters at that point. Oh, really that was a couple arrived. of years before the first ones, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah uh, it was very well received. Um, yeah, and that kind of spawned us on to, yeah, more different and everything mm. else. Uh, yeah, yep. and then kind of blasters arrived seen a couple of years after that mm, then the market got pretty saturated yeah it was funny it was a, it was um it was a slow race for the first couple of years because i mean um there was the the number and variance of, of blasters exploded in 12 months mm. they were all crap <laughs> oh yeah uh, they were you know you'd be lucky if you spitball at the same range as, as those things uh, but, um, Think of the MP40 we had. That was... Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the P90s. The original, original P90s. The Runquies. The Runquies. Um, I've still got some of them. I've still got one floating around somewhere. 13mm jaw balls. But at that point, um, <laughs> I didn't care that, that about the gel. That wasn't the thing. There was, you know... Uh, it, it was still about the toy guns, but you had more models better made than, than any of the, the, the early stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, and people went mad for them. The fact that they shot something as well was an added bonus at the time. It certainly wasn't anything like it is, is today where, you know, stuff's good. Yeah, the Gen 8 was where it sort of really started opening up yeah. for me. Yeah, that's, that's probably the game changer. That's when the quality got to a point where it actually became something that you could use for yeah. something else other than photos. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff before that, the MKM and the Panda and a few other bits and pieces. Panda, yeah. Mm. Don't know why they made that in one. They did make one in black as well, and I'm sure I still have one. <laughs> I had this awesome clear magazine. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit Steyr-esque. Must have been one of the ones I didn't buy off you. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> Yeah, back in the day. Um, so yeah, and blaster things have gone a long way since then. Obviously, you've um, you moved to Victoria, so yeah. it was a bit hard to yes. to sell blasters it's from very, there. Very hard to run a blaster business living in Victoria, mm. as uh, I'm sure Vass from X Force can uh, sponge on that one. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, and it was yeah, it wasn't. I was in Victoria for four years, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, very sad days. Mm. Um, then we made the call to uh, finally move up to the, the land of freedom and yay! You know, Wait for Australia's it. <laughs> Australia's <laughs> version of Texas. Yep. Um, and it was at that point that I realised that it was the market was way oversaturated with blasted businesses in Queensland, and mm. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I can't do this full time. So I uh, reluctantly made the decision to. to wrap it up and, and, and look for, uh, you know, something else along the same lines because, um, by and large, the blaster community is amazing. Uh, it's filled with some amazing people of all colours and... Yeah, shapes and sizes. Shapes yeah. and sizes and... Uh, personalities. Personalities. And mm-hmm. um, but, I mean, I guess we can be grateful uh, 
very much so to Queensland and some of the, the, the laws that they had on uh, replicas and stuff that kind of really made things much easier mm. uh, for us to be where we are today. Um, some, a lot of the other states have not had that luxury, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I looked around for something that could keep me uh, interested and it was something that I could still be passionate about. Gear it was. Gear it was. Mm. So you've also got some other brands in there. What other brands are you carrying? Uh, yeah, so it's not all Russian stuff. Uh, that's probably certainly probably what we specialise in at the moment. It's your niche within your niche. <laughs> yes, um, and that was most. That's largely because you know uh, multicam. You can walk into any blaster store just about and pick up a set of multicam and 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 pay the multi tax yeah, and pay the multi tax. Uh, but Russian gear, I mean, it's, it's very hard to come by outside of certain exclusive buyer groups and stuff like that. So I, I wanted to kind of um, mainstream that and give people other options and other kind of more, I guess, interesting avenues of, of what they can, I guess, um, you know, choose to look like when they're out on the field. Um, and the benefit, I guess, the Russian stuff is it's actually made in Russia. It's not made in China with a mm. you know Russian tag on it or something <laughs> like that. It's actually made in Russia. So the quality is, is heaps better than most of the stuff that comes out of China um, comparative to price, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we've got... Um, <laughs> it was a very long wait, uh, but we have, have our fly in stock now, um, which is very, very good quality 100D Kodura gear. Yep. Um, for, for those that don't know fly, how could you sum that up? Um, like the airsoft people that follow airsoft would probably have heard yeah. of fly. Um, it's I guess it's it's been around for a long time. Um, it probably hasn't had as much focus in Australia because there hasn't been a lot of call for it up until blasts game and military first yeah. rips you to shreds yes. with it. Yes. Um, um, yeah. If you want to if you want to compare prices, you'll be amazed at the difference between it. Um, but yeah, fly is I guess pretty much uh, up there on your on your top shelf quality so far as as, as gear goes. It's all um, you know very. So if I was going to say plat attack sword five eleven, how would they compare it? Better, um, worse, similar? Probably on par. Yeah. Um, the difference being, uh, you quite often. It's funny because some of their stuff tends to be really expensive and others seems to be overly cheap. Uh, but it all comes out of the same factory and it's all made to the same standard. So um, depending on what you're looking at, you can generally pick up fly gear you know, cheaper than what you can on sword or, or flat attack and stuff like that mm -hmm. and still get the, the same look and pretty much the same quality as well. So. And genuine multicam and Real multi ATEX FG. And yeah. Um, that's, that's the other thing. Uh, the real multicam people will, will if they walk into the store and they look at our multicam, they, you know their eyebrows will raise when they look at the price attached to our multicam. But that's mm. because it's genuine mm. multicam and it's not a three D screen printed, uh, you know, over yep. over print or anything like that. It's proper woven, and that stuff costs a bucket load. So. Mm. And you've got some of the slightly lower end. What do they call it? Scorpion OCP or something? Um, In the Rothko. Uh, so we got some Rothko gear. Yep. Um, I need to restock on some of that actually because it generally t proves to be fairly popular. Um, everything from you know caps to tack gear, um, you know, knee pads, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Every um, man needs a good set of knee pads. Out here, definitely. That <laughs> <laughs> keeps the bindies out. <laughs> no one wants to go to ground in the bindies. Um, but particularly for us old. Veterans, yeah, knee pads mm. are essential because yep. our knees are all shot, so mm. <laughs> as you can attest. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can. I did that parachute thing. It was a great idea at the time. Yeah. But every morning, in, every morning in winter, I go, why did I do that? Didn't tell me about this at the time. Yeah, you'll get a cool set of wings to wear in your uniform. Will I? That's awesome. <laughs> I never got the wings. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we because we, we're only a small store, I mean, we're, we're only... Only tiny, it's a 20-foot container, which I'm already starting to grow out of in some <laughs> respects. Um, so we try and accommodate for as much as we can, um, so far as, uh, I guess, breadth of range. 
tends to be why we don't tend to stock a lot of one thing. There's not a lot of room to put it all. So yep. uh, we tend to sell out quickly. Thankfully, in most cases, and particularly so far as uh, my good friends in Russia are concerned, uh, DHL keeps us well supplied on about a two-week turnaround. So That's right. we're usually not out of stuff for long. Mm. And you've got the infamous Where's Wally shirts. Yes, yes, we do. Um, in in the ever popular VDV blue, um, mm-hmm. I am doing some special orders and stuff now. So I just got some. Um, I just got the red and the green striped ones in as well. And that because they mean different things. Uh, they do. So it's like the color of a beret here. Yeah, there's a light blue stripe, which is um, the Russian VDV, which is ostensibly their their uh, paratroop regiments. Um, there's a red stripe, which is their uh, what they call their uh, Rothgard. Um, battalions, which is kind of like their uh, their home guard, their national defence. Uh, you've got uh, a light green, which is uh, for their special forces, uh, and then you've got a black, which is uh, for their navy. So it just depends. If you see anyone around the fields rocking a striped shirt, have a look what colour it is, and it'll generally tell you what uh, trying to arm they're trying to espouse to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing a few morale patches and stuff too. Uh, yeah, we we try and, and keep um, a, a good variety of morale patches in. Uh, there's there's <laughs> quite a few different ones. Rothko do a lot of the more tongue-in-cheek kind of ones, mm-hmm. uh, and then we have quite a few um, Russian ones. Because you've got, like, Embrace the Suck, Suck Meter. Yeah. Um, what else you got? You've got uh, I Love AK. I Love AK, that's a new one. That's proved very popular. <laughs> um, I've got... Um, yeah, quite a, a few other ones uh, due to turn up in the next couple of weeks. I've got some um, some proper um, 3D US flags coming in. I've got Australian infrared and American infrared, so they actually show up under night vision. Um, actually, just got some Russian ones that do the same now, the mm-hmm. green luminous ones, so they'll glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, not tactical, but cool Tac- nonetheless. Tactical <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, so patches are a funny thing. Uh, like, um, one guy running around, he'd actually run out of Velcro places on his uniform to put patches. So oh, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it totally is a thing. Um, yeah, it's funny. You get, you know, people are very serious about their about their gear, but patches, throw them on me, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had one guy at Flashpoint. And I, I'm sure he'd sewn about 30 bits of Velcro onto his <laughs> vest. It was just all patches. <laughs> Uh, I suppose it's in some cases a bit like a bikey jacket. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> and and anyone that knows some of those patches, you're going, oh, oh you can't put them together. Oh, 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 ah, oh. Ace odds. Ah. <laughs> Only a few people will get that, and that's enough. So, yeah, what's uh, some plans for some custom patches maybe? Um, I've got a couple of designs in the works um, yep. that I'll have um, produced um, – yeah, locally by uh, um, another uh, veteran patch maker. Because um, you've done a couple of teams now as well. You've done their patches. Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've done obviously our business one. Uh, I've done uh, the one for FYD uh, that are the, the um, team attached to Milsim East here. Um, so I'm working on some other, I guess, um, more tongue-in-cheek kind of ones, <laughs> um, particularly that might appeal to the Russian lads as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so those are kind of in the on the on the drawing board at this point. Can you do a picture of Vladimir Putin on a Ritz biscuit? <laughs> <sighs> yes, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah. No one from the eighties didn't get that. Everyone else did. Mm. Oh, cool. So, um, if people want to get some patches, are they better off coming down and having a look, or just? Um, jump on your website or something? Jump on the website. Um, everything that I've got in the store is always on the website. Um, the, the, if you want don't want to pay the postage, then you can just uh, do a click and collect online and pick them up any Sunday that, that it's open here. Yeah. Um, but, yes, by all means, come in and say hi. Yep. Always talk the talk. Yep. So you're open every Sunday that the field's open? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, Yes, my uh, my other obligations keep me from opening more regularly than that, unfortunately. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll have to um, get you a part-time job or something. Come come, spend the money. Come spend the money, comrades. Work, work here full-time, given the opportunity. Yep. Um, well, the people are nicer. 
Well, this is true. This is true. And 33 acres, that's better than a strip mall. Oh, look, I love nothing more than coming in here at 7.30 in the morning and actually seeing the kangaroos in the mist and it's great. Mm. Yeah, different sort of mist I'd like to see the kangaroos in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the bane of my life. They poo <laughs> everywhere this and it's a full-time job cleaning kangaroo poo around here. Nappies? Brew nappies. Mm, surely there's some sort of bag we can strap on them. You want to wrangle them? I was going to say, you could make that part of the next... Flashpoint, you've Flashpoint, got to catch yeah. a kangaroo without getting oh, your gut... kangaroo down <laughs> Without getting your guts ripped out. <laughs> then he ripped his guts out. Mm. So, Mill Sims, you've done a couple? Uh, yeah, I've been involved with a few. Um, EP1, 1. 1.5, um, and the planning for EP2. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I guess I haven't had the privilege or opportunity to attend... Um, any of the ones up in Toowoomba or anything. Uh, again, uh, working retail. <laughs> Getting a yeah. weekend off is a nightmare. Uh, weekend off is virtually impossible. And um, school holidays and all that's gone. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, my ability to attend other fields is severely limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Toowoomba is definitely on my hit list. I do want to get up there and, and, and see what that's all about. Yeah. Um, well, they're certainly growing. Good things. Yeah. Jace is um, doing heaps of work up there. Um, but yeah, I guess if if Mill seems my thing, I'm I'm not a, a, a speedball fan. Uh, my knees are too old. <laughs> so is the rest of me for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I prefer like the the outdoor uh, fields. Um, just it's a more uh, considered approach, I yep. guess. Have Have you been up to Donnybrook? No, no, again, same thing. Because of the weekend stuff, <laughs> the yeah. weekend stuff, yeah, it's hard. So. And uh, there's some rumours of a new field at Debra, Oz Sharp Tactical Field, yes. that I'm hearing lots of good stories about. Yes, I heard quite a bit about it um, from another player here yesterday uh, who had, yeah, uh, a lot of positive things to suggest. Mm. Uh, and I was like, well, cool. I said, next time we're closed, hit me up and we'll go, mm. we'll go play. So. Yeah, maybe we'll have to arrange a weekend where we're shut and they're open. That would be the thing, Mm. yes. If only I could talk to the guy that scheduled everything. (laughs) 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 Yeah, cool. So if you were going to set up a Milsim team of your own, would they be Russian? Um, Well, (laughs) (laughs) I would have been approached very recently whether I would be interested in sponsoring a Russian team. Yeah, no, no, this isn't about you paying for everything. (laughs) This is about you going, Um, I want to be in a team and let's all get together. I, I like the idea of it. Um, I, there is a certain attraction about having a, a group of guys all you know, in, in the same gear representing you know, some kind of a, an armed force. Um, Maybe some Rhodesian brushstroke for those legs of yours? Well, potentially. You, know, you, know, you never <laughs> know. When, the, when the, uh, the SLR slash Val shows up, then mm. that would certainly be a potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess... I'm less about having a matching group and more about just people actually um, enjoying the gameplay and actually, um, you know, feeling good with whatever they choose to wear. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a big uniform fan. I've got a whole way too many. <laughs> not, not all yeah, Russian. Uh, I've, got uh, heaps. I've, I've, <laughs> se- I've seen some of your get-ups because you, you used to have a cosplay page. You still got that? I, I do, uh, yeah, Major Trauma on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't posted on it in ages. It's too, uh, I'm too busy with everything else. Mm. But yeah, I've I've got you know because um, you've got because now that you've got the Tavor, you can finish yes. that IDF loadout. Uh, yeah, well that's 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 nearly complete. I'm just about the, uh, <laughs> the I ordered some more uh, genuine IDF stuff just last night actually. <laughs> so uh, a couple more weeks, hopefully, as long as COVID doesn't delay things too much. Um, yeah, and I'll be. I'll be rocking around in an IDF outfit instead of Russian for a little while. So, so it's from Israel? Uh, some parts of it are, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, thankfully, um, it's probably one of the cheapest ones I've ever put together, actually. Well, it's just Ranger Green. Well, I've got two IDF versions. So one's a, a original, 100% genuine IDF stuff. And that may be cost $200, not including the tack vest to put together because they just wear whatever works and it's really cheap. Um, I've got... Yeah, another more modern one that's costing a little bit more to put together, but nowhere near as some of some of my Russian stuff. 
Any other countries you're... Um, um, you don't do German. I know. I haven't done German. I've thought about it, but I would want a decent G36 to appear in gel ball. There's rumours of a yet another G36 appearing. Yeah, I'll wait out and see on that one. Mm. Um, but, yeah, of course, I've got the multi-sham. Um, I've got a complete kit of that, and half of that uh, was purchased when I was just leaving Defence. I'd upgraded all of my kit, so it's still there. Um, yeah, I've got the IDF. I've got five different Russian ones. Um, um, what else have I got? Um, Some Pencot? Oh, yeah, I actually, I forget about the old Badlands. Yeah, I have Pencot Badlands. Um, <laughs> that was just bought on a whim, but... Um, have you got a heap really of gear cheap. to go with it, or...? Um, or are you doing a whole Ghost Recon thing? With, with the Badlands stuff, um, I just run um, Fly Ranger Green with it because that's what works in the best. Um, the Badlands stuff didn't uh, wasn't overly well received, it seems, in like the Xsoft communities overall, so a lot of it's petered out really quickly, mm. um, a bit like some of the earlier versions of the ATAX stuff. Yeah, see, I love ATAX. <laughs> a lot of people do, but getting finding it in quantity at a reasonable price is difficult. I don't. I don't even care about the price. I can't even <laughs> find it at all anymore. Um, and that's that's I guess is a big consideration when you're putting together a kit and stuff. Hmm. Are you just buying the top and the pants, or are you looking to match it all? Because um, that's always uh, uh, can be a bit tricky. If you're buying from multiple suppliers, then their colours of any particular camo can be quite can different area. Heaps. I know even like some of the Russian stuff. Um, there's a good, you know, seven or eight shades difference just between sizes, much less between anything else. So, yeah, they vary a lot. Mm. Any loadouts you're still looking to get into? Maybe a tiger stripe or a chalk chip? Uh, I've had three color desert for a while. I, I gave that set away uh, at EP 1.5 actually to a. And that guy loves it. He yeah, wears he does. it all the time. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan myself. I, I, I don't have anything, I guess, on the immediate horizon so far as what I'm probably planning for next. Um, no, nothing, nothing really. Nothing desert? Nothing arid? Uh, look, if I could get a, de a desert Russian one together, I would do that. Um, but finding um, Russian desert gear is very difficult at the moment. Mm. Um, because a lot of the gear comes out of Russia, if it's in current service, it is very, very difficult to get hold of, uh, particularly in quantity, um, because their interior ministries and that frown very heavily on uh, any of that stuff circulating outside of a combat environment. So a bit like the AMCU here. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, that's, again, something else that's really hard to find. Yet we yes. see it at the field every week and there's two or three guys <laughs> rocking around in Amos here and you're like... Whoa. I know a guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff is hard to come in. And, um, so, yeah, if I could get some, and particularly with Mill Sims in mind for next year, if there's a, a desert um, operation on the horizon, I would like to have gear sorted for that well in advance. Well, there's, there's a guy in the Territory that's talking about running a... Desert Mill Sim. It's a long way to go, but it'd be yes. very interesting. It would be something different. Mm. Yeah. Getting sand in your... It's been a long time since I've spent any time in MT, so... Mm. You're more of a Coltana boy? Um, yeah, yeah, that Woomera. <laughs> Woomera? Spent, a lot, oh. spent a lot of time up there. <laughs> well, I just had a shiver go down my spine. <laughs> Anyone that's done time at Woomera knows what I'm talking about. It's cold, it's dusty, it's hot, it's dusty, <laughs> and shit, it's dusty. Shit place to visit, <laughs> shit place to live. <laughs> great, great museum, though. Great this is museum. True. This is true. Back in my tour guide days, I used to drop in there occasionally and take people around and show them things. And they're like, how do you know all this? And I'm like, oh, I did a posting here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's good watching Hellfire missiles get fired and Copperhead and stuff like that. It's good. Nothing like wasting 80 grand to pop. Yes, it is. Oh, look at that dirt over there. Let's make it go away. 
It's like the old figure 11 target. It's very naughty. Let's kill it. Kill it. Deserves it. Mm. So, um, South Australian meal sims, are they in your um, sights at all? Being an ex crow eater or whatever they are, magpie <laughs> shagger I think or whatever? Crow eater? I don't know, Carl. Uh. Well, never considered myself to be a, a, a native South Australian. I was, I was there for posting and a bit after, and that was kind of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I would, I've got family back there and everything, so I would dearly love to uh, uh, meld the two together. Um, have, you, have you read much about Black Sheep and all that stuff? Uh, some of the stuff, and I'm on a, uh, a few of the pages, actually a couple of the Russian boys, SSB boys and stuff. Honourable mention to you lot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I see a lot of the stuff that, that they're doing, um, yeah, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings some very harsh camping memories back from <laughs> from being in the Riverland in South Australia and how like living on the surface of Mars with a few more bushes. When you say camping, actually camping, you actually went camping yeah, yeah, as yeah. a recreational thing. Yes, not, not as by, a not by choice. It not as the army the happy at the time. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that. And like Hawker and happy. places like that. I could, yeah, I can camp there, but will be in a pound. Uh, Coldest place on earth. Yeah, very cold, very cold, very mm. cold, and very hot in the day. Yes. yes, that's South Australia in a nutshell, though. Pretty much, Arctic winds up the bite thing there, and <laughs> and everywhere else. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, if if and when I can get there, uh, but again, that's that'll be something for next year's calendar, I suspect. See how it goes. Mm. What do you think the future of gel ball is? Do you think it, there's airsoft in the future? Oh, look, um, I think every gel baller that knows about airsoft would love that to be the ultimate um, evolution of the, of the sport. Um, I would like to think so, but I think we're probably a good few years off it happening. Like about 15. <sighs> well, look, I, honestly, I never thought gel ball would become a thing. Mm. Um, and the fact that it has um, probably speaks volumes about uh, the community and how passionate people are to have to have grabbed a hold of something. And I mean, I guess as a go between between having nothing and having airsoft, then job mm. is about uh, as amazing a result as we could have expected. Yeah, it's a long way from walking around with guns and cosplay conventions and going, "Look how cool this is." Yes. And everybody goes, "Does it shoot?" No. No. Uh-huh. It looks good in photos. Mm. And, I mean, you know, to some degree, the job community is very much about looking good in photos too. This is true. Pretty much what I've based my business on. <laughs> well, look at me. I'm the selfie king. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I can't um, even get my photographer to take photos of me. Just get them to digitise out the, the mug. The mug. Solve the problem. Mm. Maybe I should carry a coffee mug and hold that up that'll in front work. of me. Yeah, yeah, that'll be my yeah. thing. So we've known each other for a bit of a... Bit of a while now. We have, yeah. Just a bit. We haven't had a chicken palmy together for a while because of COVID. This is also very true. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I actually, I, st- I still remember the, the, the first phone call that we had together actually pretty well. So oh, my God. Yeah, no, that was, a, that was a while ago. <laughs> but I was very nervous on that phone call. Where? If this guy doesn't bite on, on the offer to do business down here, then I can close, forget about it before <laughs> he even gets off the ground. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, was I an asshole? No, you were ver- you were very diplomatic because uh, you had someone else that you were selling to in, in the area at the time, so mm-hmm. you had to kind of sort sort those things out. But they seemed to have sorted themselves out. Really, yeah, that so. that guy doesn't do anything anymore, no. as far as I know. Yeah. I suppose that's he, he never went in his job ball. He sort of looked at it a bit and just dropped off the radar. I think anyone that's, I guess you know that getting into it now has the luxury of five years of other people's work to, mm. to, to build their business off yeah. um, because it's been a, you know, a, a pretty long and brutal struggle up to this point. Uh, people that haven't been in it long um, probably need to appreciate how much blood, sweat and tears has yep. gone into it to make it where it is now, much less of where it can go. And, yeah, and as much as people hack on the big companies, um, they've a fairly big brunt of that dollar wise, like hundreds so. of thousands of dollars, and yeah. and shenanigans, and yeah, and uh, you know, every, everyone, uh, I guess, you know, those those ones that have 
have, have gotten bigger the ones that have, have fought the good fight if, yeah. if nothing for anything more noble than you know dollar in the back pocket but I mm. mean that's that's where it is. I mean, business is motivated by money, so I mean, that's, we wouldn't be in business if we weren't out to make a dollar. So. Yeah, but if we look at some of the smaller ones that popped up for a little while, um, that were in it just for the money and ha- didn't know what they were talking about, yeah. they're all gone. Yes, the ones that told lies and half truths and all that, they get hammered. And, and with, <laughs> as well, they should. Mm. Um, I, I like to consider myself as a retailer of principle, <laughs> uh, and that if that if anything needs to be something that is 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 more of a focus, particularly for um, certain gel ball retailers in the community these days, um, it's a bone of contention for I know a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Look, a lot of people have got some very strong opinions on what some retailers should and shouldn't do, and. Um Obviously, for many reasons, I'm not going to go too deep into that. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, if if you sell a product and you back it up, people will keep coming back. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I guess I've, <laughs> speaking from the old man's retail world, my, my father was in retail for 25 years. Uh, I remember just growing up in, in his... Uh, shop. He was in the rag trade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I always remembered, uh, you know, being in that shop and seeing how he, you know, approached people and 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 treated customers. And, and the retail environment now it's very different to what it used to be. People have got less time and less patience and much more expectation than hmm. even what they probably should have. Um, that that I guess age of entitlement is is, is very real to some degree hmm. for retailers. Um, but you know, I think if you're straight up with customers from the get-go, they appreciate that more than any kind of uh, mm. pandering to you know Platitudes. their ego or anything like yeah. that. Um, as I, I said to um, some people that were in the in the shop on Sunday, I said, "They said, what do you recommend?" I said, I, <laughs> "What I recommend is what works for you." Yeah, and it's I'm not going to tell that. you to buy X item. No, um, I said, I said. You know what you want to spend. You know what you want. I can give you advice on what you may want to use it for, or the options and stuff like that. But I said, ultimately, it's your decision. I'm not here to talk you into buying something. Hmm. You'll do that yourself. I'm just here to give you, you know, the knowledge and the background and hmm. facilitate that for you. My experience, when I go to buy something, I've already done all the research. I've looked at a couple of people that, that sell it. Then I go to the shop and I go, I want the thing. Yeah. And it's a very quick transaction. It's not. Yeah. I don't find salespeople have to convince me of things, and, and some like. Um, I'll give Kubota as an example. I I recently got finance and and bought a new to me tractor, and I was looking at buying a new Kubota, but the sales process was so slow for me, like just getting a price and a quote and packaging things up t- literally took two weeks, um, and then I found a John Deere tractor at a New Holland dealership and I just went, I'll grab it. <laughs> I literally jumped on YouTube, checked a couple of reviews on that product and went, that'll do everything that the Kubota will and it's 10 grand cheaper and that's a lot of money over five years alone. And that's the advantage of, you know, of the internet and Google and everything, it's all in the palm of your hand. You know? um, it's the, the customer can be a lot more informed these days if they want to mm. be. Um, but I guess... By the same token, you've got a, lo- a, a lot more people that are, uh, you know, that might be just starting out and are, are, are completely clueless as to uh, the, the ins and outs of how uh, things mm. work. And, you know, they might see someone out in the field and think, "Oh, he looks awesome." You know, how do I get that kind of thing going on? But yeah, it's funny. I see, I see it in the groups all the time where people go, "Oh, why don't you scroll for that?" Or somebody jumps on and goes, "I'm, <laughs> I'm new to this. Can somebody tell me?" And there's almost a backlash. And I don't I, – I run some other Facebook groups and other mediums, as you know, and it, it's very different there. People embrace new people and try and bring them into the hobby, whereas some people – I don't know if yeah. it's everyone because oh, I try yeah. and keep out of the Facebook groups. So I do my yeah. head in. Most people started out, start out in something not knowing anything. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you only learn by experience and trying and, and, and talking to people. Um, I think – 
particularly, I guess, so far as, as, as gel ball and probably to even a more extent uh, Milsim because it is such a misunderstood um, type of uh, play style. Mm-hmm. Um, it would behove the communities uh, very strongly to, I guess, embrace the newbies and, and not get upset about having to answer the same question you know, mm. for the 100,000th time. Uh, yeah, you can scroll and everything else, but we're also victims of our own convenience these yeah. days. <laughs> People don't look for the scroll and stuff, particularly on Facebook, because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, I'll just ask the question and see what answers I get. A couple of su- people have suggested to me, if, if you're not going to run meal sims, why don't you run meal softs? And everyone that's listened to this podcast knows that that grates my cheese, <laughs> the concept of a meal soft. But I'm warming to the concept of it because there seems to be a very big barrier to get a new player to mill sim the actual, their actual first game of mill. After that, they're fine. Yeah. They find people that, but getting them to that first game, buy their first ticket, get there with roughly the right gear, there's a massive barrier, there's a steep learning curve. There, there is. Um, I guess the, the biggest uh, problem, I guess, is um, particularly for someone starting out that, that doesn't know, there is an awful lot to learn and you have to learn it very quickly. Mm. And people um, don't like learning. No. Uh, and not, not, not the way you and I were no. taught. No. <laughs> well, we, were, we learned by getting beaten over the head by it. So. Yeah, with a stick. <laughs> um, like this, do that. Yeah, it's, 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 most people, they, they want to, they, uh, it's hard, I generalise uh, wildly. Um, Milsim, uh, people assume Milsim is getting dressed up to look like someone in the military and going out and, and, doing those things but uh, that old terminology of embracing the suck people are not nearly as ready to embrace the suckiness as the coolness yeah um, and I mean I can understand that everyone wants to do the cool stuff that they see you know in the movies and everything else nobody mm. wants to do the six hour pack march without a contact and, well, and stuff like that some um, people don't even want to patrol no, well, look, some people don't want to walk from the car park. <laughs> it, it, just, it just depends on, on the individual. Hmm. Um, and you can't be all things to everybody, regardless of whether it's Mills, if Mills on speedball or whatever else. Uh, you, you, you can't accommodate everyone. Uh, I guess the difference, if you're talking about the difference between Mills Sim and Mills Soft, Mills Soft should be, by definition, more accommodating for uh, entry-level players and hmm. people that, that, that aren't uh, as... Um, gun-ho as, as a, a more dedicated mm. sim player would be. Mm. And I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of left and right arc on that um, for Millsoft. I mean, you can't be everything to everyone, but you can certainly be a lot more to a lot more. And then feed them into yeah. the, the I mean, more serious and ones. People have to start somewhere, and you don't want to scare them off by the, uh, you know, the, the uh, either the large amount of gear that they have to buy mm. or the specific requirements for that particular gear or, you know, they don't want to pay 200 plus dollars and then do a six-hour patrol and mm. maybe only have one contact and, and then that's it. They, they want a, 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 an action-packed a, f- day. a faster action-packed yeah, day. They, um, and to get that, I mean, you, can't, you have to suspend some of the normal Milsim rules in order to increase the... Uh, the enjoyment level for people mm. and if they enjoy that then maybe they'll feed into the more you know, uh, traditional Milsim style of play Yeah, look Flashpoint showed me that people in Australia aren't ready for multiple night games mm. that because they stay up all night the first night and then they're stuffed and, and that just is what it is mm. so there's no reason we can't start on a Saturday and finish on a Sunday and people go home or start on a Friday night and finish on the Saturday night mm. and people go home. Um, and I'm even thinking about doing some of that stuff here at Milsim East yep. because, we, yes, it's not the bush, but there's a lot we can do yeah. with what we've got. And by the same token, not being in the bush, you have car park, you have hot and cold running water. Canteens. <laughs> you have access to canteens and stuff. Mm. So, I mean, it can be as hard or as soft core as you want it to be, but you've still got those amenities there rather mm. than having to go and dig a hole in, a, in the mm. bush and, and do all that bit. Yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, for people that are, would be put off the milsim side of things because of those extremes, milsoft yep. may be an avenue for, for people to come in uh, and experience another type of play. Hmm. For those that didn't aren't familiar with EP 1.5, we went to near Kuya, um on the range just north of Toowoomba. I wouldn't mind going back there because I think it's a really good balance of Milsim and Milsoft with the terrain that's there. You can go, go out, do mission, come back, have break. Go out, do mission, come back, have break. Because there's the facilities there, you've got a communal area, you've got flat area for camping and camper trailers and cars and all that, and still quite a bit of bush as well. So maybe that's a thing I can do. That would certainly enable more people to... Um, you know, uh, partake in the in the experience. I think, mm. um, and I and guess there's lots of room for parking too. Yes, well, you know, we only want to walk when we have to walk. walk. Yeah, well, I don't like walking. No, otherwise my watch tells me I've got to do more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think you know, I mean, if I, as as a community in that we want Millsoft and to keep ex- Mill Sim to keep expanding, we probably need to start with. Millsoft and because I mean it, it's all good to have a hardcore bunch of people that can go and, and do all the, the tactics and strategy and, and, and all the heavy lifting and stuff um, but with that you're only drip feeding people into mm. the community with new blood whereas Millsoft you've got the potential to expose a lot more people to mm. it and therefore Potentially increase the amount of people that actually want to do proper mill sim as well. So, yeah, and hopefully I can feed those guys into com sims. I can feed those guys into Toowoomba. I can feed exactly. those guys into anything that happens up north. Like there's lots of rumours about one happening in Townsville and Rocky and mm. all that sort of stuff, but I haven't haven't heard any firm plans about that yet. Well, I had heard. Uh, there was talk about uh, some kind of a stalker scenario or something as well. Oh, uh, look, there is rumours about a stalkerish <laughs> game. Um, <laughs> the guy behind that's still working on some of the mechanics on because it's going to be, um, I suppose, augmented reality is the word that we're looking for there. Um, so you're going to need a yeah. phone. Yes. You're going to need a phone for that game because anyone that's familiar with Stalker understands that there's things that you can't represent in real... Like the anomalies. There's no way you can do that in the real world. No, no. You, radiation, how do you... How do you go, yeah. this area is suddenly radiated? Yeah. So there's... Yeah, um, the, the augmented reality side of things could definitely be a, um, uh, a way of facilitating some of those effects f- mm. from that from that, that game, definitely. And, and I'll be honest... I walked away from Flashpoint with a massive smile on my face. We had so many laughs and fun times. Look, some of the things weren't so much fun, um, but it was certainly less sucky than other events I've been um, involved in, both before Gel Ball and after. And I think that's it. I mean, at, at the end of the day, not only did the players have to enjoy it, but the people that put it together have to enjoy it Otherwise, too. why do it? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're getting a paycheck at the end of it or anything, so... <laughs> If anything, it's a bill. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway. All right, well, we've done nearly an hour, bro. Wow. Wow. You didn't think that, did you? My ability to talk shit amazes even me. Uh, I'll talk to your wife. (laughs) Yeah, she won't be surprised. (laughs) And your cat. Mm. And and then everyone's asking, Damien is a cat person. Oh, look, I'm a cat and a dog person. Do you own a dog? No. Do you want to buy a dog? No. Well, then you're not a dog person. I am. You know why. I work two jobs and I'm at home maybe 12 hours a week. <laughs> yeah, but My the dog, dog can would sli- literally eat himself to death. <laughs> I knew a dog like that. It was a Labrador. <laughs> it tried to eat itself to death. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on down. Pleasure, um, pleasure to I've be got, here. I've got another one in the can, so this might take a week or so to come out because everyone gets shitty when I drop two in a row and then don't have any for two months. So I might, I might give this one a little while. We're going to leave with our uh, old mate Kevin McLeod and his um, Cantina Blue. So thanks, Damien.